had to say about the debt limit? The debt ceiling is going to be a point of contention in our conference, and it's, but it's going to have to be one that we come together on. We are going to send something to the Senate um, to make it to Joe Biden's desk to be signed, and we want to make sure that we have things in there that we have to have. I, for right. one, will not sign a clean uh, bill raising the debt, the debt limit. Well, here's a problem, Michael. Members of Congress don't actually sign bills. She, she, she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. This woman yes, has no clue. Scary? Can we just can we just for a moment stop taking this stuff seriously? Because really? they don't. They but put Michael, her on television. She runs her mouth, and everybody acts like, "Oh my God, what do we do now?" But what Michael, do you think you're going to do? What she, but what? this sorry. goes to okay. Amy's point. We have to take it seriously. We didn't three weeks ago because she was just a conspiracy theorist who would say or do anything to 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 to, to get attention. But now she actually is theorist. in a position of power. So we have to pay attention to the ludicrous things and the falsehoods that she says. Could she could impact things like our national security? We can't just laugh at her like a buffoon. Agreed. I totally agreed. But you know what? That's okay. Kevin's um, problem. Okay, he keeps going about Kevin McCarthy and put all these people on the committees, Homeland Security, put them on oversight, on judiciary. You got Biggs, you got Gates, you got Boebert, you got people, the 20 and the 6 everywhere. Um, they're also melting down nonstop about the debt ceiling. I want to go around. Benzman, what do you see? Do you like Eli Cranes on uh, on Homeland Security? Others are on Homeland Security. Do you like how you see it's manning up there? Yeah, I you know I don't have any problem with it. I think that you're going to have some um, some uh, hawkish uh, positions that are taken about, uh, the, especially the border. I anticipate a lot of uh, movement on that in the coming month or so. Uh, they didn't start out with that, but it's coming. It's de- definitely it's coming. I know that. So yeah. Is Homeland Security going to be the tip of the spear in the investigation that leads to the impeachment of Mayorkas, yes or no? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Yeah, That's I don't, not an appropriate I, answer at the war room. That's not a <laughs> yes or a no. Are you saying you, no? Are you saying no? You've spent too much time over the Daily Mail. You're getting a little soft on me. <laughs> no, is that are they going to lead? Is Andy Biggs and these guys going to lead the investigation into? Well, actually, Biggs is on judiciary and uh, oversight. Is is Eli Crane? These guys going to actually lead? I'm not saying he's going to be impeached, but are they going to do the investigation of Mayorkas to see if he to get the evidence that he's allowed an exacerbated invasion on the southern border? Do you believe? I mean, yay or yeah. nay? From from, from nay. what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I'm hearing, they're moving toward that. So, but I'm I'm not that plugged in but right you, now. But I I think they're moving toward that. But but you don't do you, do you not put a lot of stock that they're going to do something, or do you do you think they'll wave off? I think they're going to do something. It's 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 going to be more theater because it's not going to really it can't go anywhere. Is the problem with an impeachment? Except that the information that would come out as a result of any attempt would be highly valuable to the American people. So I'm looking forward to any information that comes out as a result of it. I have a lot of questions. Todd, what is your, love to beat them. well, hopefully you're going to be one of the witnesses and maybe even a consultant for it. How do people get to you on social media? How do they get to the book? That's right. Uh, T Benzman at getter, uh, Benzman Todd at Twitter. The book is overrun. It's available for pre-order. It'll come out next month. Uh, you can get it at bookstores and anywhere books are sto- sold next month. Uh, by the way, great great piece on the beast in the Daily Mail. We're pushing that out. It's already starting to go viral. So people really uh, appreciate the fact you're doing this type of research and reporting. Thank you. Okay, Todd Bensman over at CIS. Uh, let's, uh, let me go to Brat. Brat, um, Dean Brat, you've been in this before. You see they're melting down on all the different committee assignments. What do you hope to see of these investigative committees from the get-go, how, how do we know if it's real or if it's performative? You can tell right there that Todd's a little concerned. He thinks he'll get information. He's not so sure. You can tell he's not so sure if, if the uh, Homeland Security is going to be able to bring it home. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think you can tell if it's a real deal if they're uh, willing to uh, name names and and list you know budget items and amounts that go along with it. And then what Benzman said that's key is the to the extent we can get this information out. And like my CR idea, there, I, I don't see it as a solution, but it gets rid of the attack on the full faith and credit immediately. We can just say we have an option to get rid of that. Okay. We move beyond that nice talking point, which is the only one they have, uh, and you can move on. But the the committees, I, I see them as being strong. Hold it, 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 hold it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But the problem I got with that is we can have a lot bigger. If you do the prioritization of payments, you get a lot bigger than a ten percent cut. You need to more than ten percent cuts are not going to make yeah. it. They're not going to hack it. We're in a bigger financial. That's why I would certainly not lead with that. I would certainly. Yeah, well, have, that's a nice yeah. idea. We'll hold it. That's a, that's a, a that's an idea. Maybe you drop in August, right? Not now. And the reason is we yeah. need the until they show us the math, the ten percent cuts. Because here's why: if you just do the ten percent cut in a CR, it's never actually going to take place, right? They, right. They'll, they'll they'll work right. around it. We need a fundamental structural, systemic, right? Systemic change to the con. If we and we got an opportunity to get it. But keep on the investigative committees. What would you like to see? Maybe yeah, I should come down. By the way, maybe I should come. Maybe I, maybe I should come down to Liberty and teach Goldman Sachs one-on-one negotiating. <laughs> that'd maybe be I should good just, too. That'd be a good course. <laughs> no, just, good. just, 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 just kidding. We'll get you I don't want to shock the folks down right. there. You'd be highly <laughs> effective. Yeah, no, I, same thing. The, to the extent that you, you can tie those investigative committees together and their theses together, all of this is connected uh, through through the the swamp uh, and the corruption up there, right? The CIA and the FBI is connected to China. China is connected to the economy. Uh, the economy is connected to the debt and to the elites and to privilege and uh, to the reason the American people are not doing well. Uh, it's tied to the lack of industrialization. And the lack of capital investment this country's pursuing, along with productivity initiatives. Uh, so they need to piece it all together. And I, I just looked at, I, I pointed out the Republican platform. I, I just went through the uh, Democrat platform. It took me a long time because they promise every good and service uh, on the shelves at Walmart to the American people. Uh, but there's nothing about fiscal responsibility or the debt in the platform as I saw of it. I could have missed it. I'm so shocked. But I, I couldn't I'm find so it. Shocked. And that seems to matter. It's a bit like a big league, of course, certainly. Uh, Dave, how do they get to you on uh, how do they get to you on um, on uh, on your social media and how do they get to you down to Liberty? Yep, just Brat Economics uh, on Getter. I posted a bunch of good stuff. Uh, that's being discussed on the war room and a bunch of financial stuff over the last few days. There's more coming today. And then uh, third floor, parents no, and young amazing. scholars, come say hi. You can't get a better place down there at Lynchburg, Virginia. It's God's country and just a great uh, organization, great people. And, of course, Dean Brett. Dean Brett, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You Thanks, you guys. God bless. Hey, Cortez, I've been inspired on this thing since NBC kicked it off with The Godfather. Here's what I think we ought to do. I think the negotiation ought to be the last scene in Godfather 1, right? The baptism scene. That's it. We take care of all, we're going to take care of all the issues. We're going to take metaphorically, don't look the people be having their heads blow up. Metaphorically, right. that film Climax and Michael Corleone taking care of the, taking care of the issues that, that confronted him at the time, right? A global solution, was it not, sir? Yes, yeah, we settle all family business. You know, to your point about these committee assignments, Steve, I think this is really exciting, what's going on in the in the Republican House. Uh, and I want to give great credit to House leadership for putting the right people on the committees that matter. You know, for example, the Oversight Committee in, in particular, uh, we have some real doers, some real fighters on that committee. People like Boebert, Gosar, Gosar. Uh, Mar uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Anna Polina Luna, Scott Perry, Byron Donalds. I mean, that is a committee that is stacked with America First fighters. But the one that I'm most excited about is the 2023 reincarnation of the Church Committee uh, to investigate what the intelligence community in particular has been doing uh, to punish and inflict pain, really, upon the American people. Because to me, Steve, the, the most 
insidious threat to our republic right now is the marriage of the intelligence community with big business, particularly big media and big tech. Um, we have learned a lot about it, uh, thankfully, because of the Twitter files and because of those revelations. There's a lot more that we need to learn, a lot more transparency, which is needed about what this parallel, largely unaccountable government is doing to the American people, how it is using its power in permanent Washington uh, to act independently of the voters, independent of accountability from the citizens of this country. And I really believe that Jim Jordan, as the head of that subcommittee, uh, is going to do yeoman's work, is going to do great patriotic work to uncover and give give us and, and provide sunlight onto a badly needed uh, investigation into what the intelligence community is doing to this country. So that, to me, uh, you know, on a lot of these committees, I think there's a lot to be excited about, but I think that is the most significant and will probably be the most material political development in the U.S. House in this uh, new year of 2023. Well, it, could, it could be over the last 20 or 30 years. I got to tell you, in, in yeah. Davos, we're going to go to Davos here momentarily. In Davos, Ray's over there, the FBI director's on the stage over there talking about working, you know, national security, uh, the uh, justice system, working with big tech. I, I mean, they're just up in your grill on this thing. They're not going to back off. Right. We have to break it. We have to break it. Uh, Steve Cortez, how do we get to you, sir? Yes, please find me on the Twitter. I'm at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S. Brother, thank you very much. Uh, we got a scalp last night. The great work of guys like Ed Dowd, Dr. Malone. There's a big scalp coming down uh, from uh, from New Zealand. Do we have a clip? I want to bring in Ed Dowd from Hawaii. Let's play, go ahead and play the clip. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. For my part, I want to finish with a simple thank you to New Zealanders for giving me this opportunity to serve and to take on what has and will always be the greatest role of my life. I hope in return, I leave behind a belief that you can be kind but strong, empathetic but decisive, optimistic but focused, that you can be your own kind of leader, one that knows when it's time to go. Princess, princess lockdown right there. Ed Dell, tell us what really went on. Why did, why did she, she was the darling. She came to Washington, D.C., she's feted, she goes to Davos, she's feted, she goes to London, she's feted. She was the darling of the biomedical security state. What happened, Ed Dowd? Uh, bottom line is she was going to lose, her party was going to lose, so she preempted by resigning. But, you know, when you watch the body language of, what she, of her resignation, you know, I, I had a career interviewing CEOs, and I spent a lot of time reading body language. That body language was atrocious. There's a little bit of fear going on in there. I think what we're going to find out, we haven't done the all-cause mortality on New Zealand, but it's going to show that there wasn't really any during COVID, and then it shot. it's probably exploding right now uh, since the vaccination program, which is draconian. This woman, you remember, like Fauci, who declared he's science, she declared she was truth. There was a clip of her saying, do not listen to anybody else. We are truth. I am truth. And uh, she also instituted the two-tier system and she was proud of it so this this woman uh was like you said heralded as one of the greatest uh achievements of the wef she's one of the students i believe of the wef and uh i'm, I'm happy to say it looks like one of the ring rates of the wef has fallen it's amazing. Ed, how did they get your book? How did they find out more about this? Because she was, uh, I think, global, young global leader, World Economic Forum. She was the hammer on the lockdowns and the vaccine. She was absolutely hardcore. And you're right. The math is what's blown her out of the office. That's a big scalp. How did they get to you? How did they get to the book? Cause Unknown. Uh, but the book is Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden death in 21 and 22. It's on Amazon. It's uh, also at skyhorsepublishing.com. Uh, um and uh, I'm, I'm back on Twitter, at Dowd Edward, and I'm on Getter at Edward Dowd. I post in both places simultaneously. Uh, but uh, today's a good day. Wow. And it seems like, it seems like uh, to me, Steve, that uh, there's some things going on. I mean, this mysterious timing of the Biden files and uh, world leaders are starting to, uh, I think, become very uh, nervous right now. Because the math is Ed Dowd's putting the math forward. 
They should the be map, nice. Map, Ed Dowd, thank you very much. See ya. Thank you, brother. Ed Dowd, big scalp in New Zealand. You're going to see others have their political careers die suddenly. Going to Davos next. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? More wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandit to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Chairman Schwab, Chairman Schwab, I'm from Japan. May I ask you for... Uh, I'm from Japan. Yeah. And may I uh, ask you for a comment? No, we're on our we're no, on our way to the next thing. We're a bit late. Uh, oh, I but can just you. walk with you, you and you. ask oh, questions. I think we're gonna we're gonna rush actually. But thank you. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, but uh, which which uh, media are you with? Uh, I am an independent journalist from yeah, Japan. No, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yes. I have and, to ask. But thank you. Thanks, me, thank me. you. But I, I want to ask just, just one more one question. Uh, Thank you. Take care of yourself. Uh, I can just walk and ask you. Thank you. No, sorry, we're in a big rush. We've got so many things tonight. But, but for us, but it's, thank very, you. it's very uh, I know. precious moment. I know, I know. Yeah. You can, I can, he's got so many people stopping yeah, that yeah. if you were to stop for everything, yeah, we win. That's the unfortunate. Yeah. So I'm very sorry. But thank uh, you. But thank you for trying. Do, do you know the thank voice you. that uh, worry about globalism? Thank you. There are many concerns. Nice evening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, there you have the intrepid Masako, who normally is uh, one of the wingmen for uh, Michael Yant. She's in Davos. She joins us right now. So what was the question you were trying to get Klaus, uh, Klaus Schwab? And I've never seen an independent journalist get that close to him. So great job there. What was the question you wanted to have him answer, ma'am? Uh, I was going to ask him the legitimacy of this World Economic Forum because himself and those people who attend this forum they are not elected by us. They pay a lot of money to get uh, ID badge to go to enter this conference. So I wanted to ask them how you are qualified to implement strict and uh, harsh policies on us. That was the question. What? Give us your sense, Masako, because you've been all over the world, from the Dutch farmers, uh, you've been in... Uh, down in um, in the Darien Gap, you, you've done reporting from all over the world now about this current crisis we're in, and they talk about the poly crisis. What's your sense of what's happening at Davos right now? Have they learned their lessons from uh, the pandemic, or are they double, doubling and tripling down, ma'am? Oh, I talked to a couple of globalists from Japan, and I asked them uh, how what they are thinking about forcing policies on us. And they are, were clearly saying that those policies need to be accelerated. So they are going to thinking to push us even harder. That's the sense I get. So you, you're, what you're learning there is that they're going to accelerate their efforts for control. Is that what you're, is that what you're reporting? Yes. Uh, I interviewed one of the board of trustees. He's a Japanese person. His name is Heizo Takenaka. And I asked them, there is this problem that globalism and nationalism, what do you think about it? And he was saying 
We need more globalization. That's what he said. So he said, it's not enough. That's the clear statement that I got. So they are gonna come even harder. Wow. Masako, how can we get, how can we follow your intrepid reporting? Where do we go to, where does the audience go to follow that? I have my own website, masakoganaha.com, and I have a Getter account and Twitter. And just okay, we're going to put one those page. all up in the chats. Yes, ma'am. This is the traffic jam in Davos Street. The cars are operated by gasoline. That's what I wanted to show you. Okay. Th thank you, Masako. I never feel good when Michael Yan is uh, is uh, is separated from you. He's now down in he's now down in Central America, uh, in the Darien Gap. So I wish we had the parental supervision of you uh, with Michael Yan. But thank you very much uh, for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I sometimes feel somebody's following us, individual journalists, but that's what we have to deal. Okay. Make sure we check that out. Um, do we have, thank you very much. Do we have uh, Nora? Is she ready? Okay, let's go to Nora. Now, Nora Ben Laden, Nora, you're back in Geneva at the headquarters of, w, of uh, World Economic Forum. Am I correct there? Not too far, about a five, 10 minute car ride. Uh, behind me on that hill, actually, I'm not sure you can see it as the sun is setting, but yeah, we're very close to uh, the headquarters here, which are like in Davos, barricaded with high barriers everywhere. Is uh, Masako saying, hey, you know, don't believe the fact that they've learned any lessons. They're talking about accelerating these programs. So we're going to have a clip on here with Chris Ray in a moment that uh, to what Steve Cortez was talking about, Chris Ray, our FBI director, is over there touting uh, working with big tech on, uh, on national intelligence. Is Masako correct? Did you get a sense that they're talking about acceleration of these various policies, like using climate change and mental health to actually have more control over people's lives? 100% Masako is spot on. And this uh, entire week, we talked about how... Um, metrology, the measurement of everything everywhere all the time is now a possibility thanks to the advancement of technology with Internet of Things, 5G uh, digital currencies, which are the key to the implementation of the digitization of society. So we covered that. And we also covered the fact that censorship and disinformation uh, is one of their main themes as well, because they need an absolute control of the narrative to continue pushing this agenda. Now, what else we can talk about is the globalist so-called predictions that they come out with, because in addition to everything we talked about, they need more and more catalysts. So the so-called pandemic was definitely a catalyst. And yesterday they talked about global cyber, cyber attacks. So there was this one panel entitled Global Cybersecurity Outlook 2023. And Jeremy Jurgens, the WEF managing director whose offices are behind me here in Geneva, said, quote, 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next few years, end quote. And so you see, Steve, what's been happening the last few years, we are at the latest stages of the new world order, of this one world government. And they use events like COVID-19, like a potentially dramatic um, cyber attack in order to push uh, and ram this agenda down our throats. And just to mention, you know, doctor, I'm not going to call him doctor, excuse me, uh, Minion Fauci uh, had said early 2017 on tape that um, under the Trump administration, we could expect a... Uh, that No, that there would be, he was certain that there would be a surprise uh, outbreak. And we know that in uh, the fall of 2019, they had the simulation for this outbreak called Event 201. And similarly, coming back to the cyber attack, in July 2021, the WEF actually, under the leadership of Klaus Schwab, had another simula simula simulation entitled uh, Cyber Polygon for such a type of attack. So they're telling us 
in essence, what their plans are. And as I mentioned several times, this is the controlled reveal. You're saying because they did this with the pandemic and they can say, well, you know, we warned you about a pandemic. Now with this massive cyber event of what they're talking about, said, hey, we warned you guys back in Davos in January 2023. You should have paid attention. Is this is this your point? They they foreshadow these so they could then say they warned everybody about it. I mean, I think it's much more sinister than that. I think it's more like predictive programming in some way or just, you know, letting the people know what is uh, what is about to happen or coordinating, you know, having these exercises where they can exercises where they can coordinate in preparation of when they do take place. But, you know, I'll be called a conspiracy theory for saying that there is for saying that. <laughs> no, no, you're just reporting what is actually happening. Nor how do people uh, how do people follow you? Where do they go? Uh, my Getter and Twitter handles are at uh, Nor Bin Laden, and my website is norbinladen.com. And I'd just like to add to that in terms of these predictions, they also had a panel entitled "100 Days to Outtrace the Next Pandemic," and they had Tony Blair, Albert Borla. Richard Hatchett, who is the CEO of the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation, CEPI. We're going to be hearing much more about this organization in the next couple of years. And we had this woman, Helen E. Clark, chair of the Lancet Countdown High-Level Advisory Board on Health and Climate Change. My goodness, she must be a very important minion to have such a title. But the topic was creating safe and effective vaccines in 100 days to help economies and societies contain the next outbreak before it spreads. So also very much using that model of um, future, quote, pandemics to continue pushing forward with the new world order agenda. This is the whole thing on vaccines and the vaccine passports. That's where we've got to continue to drive the ineffectiveness here and uh, and really force this regime here to come up with. This is why you saw the... uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She knew it was coming as far as the numbers go. I also want everybody to know where, where uh, Nor is Geneva is actually the engine room of the UN. Uh, in fact, Geneva is a, a place that a, a, lot of, a, lot of bad, a lot of bad characters there, uh, Nor, as you know. But everything that Michael Yan and, and Ben Burkwam and, um, and Oscar Blue Ramirez are reporting in the Darien Gap, when they talk about the UN and everything, it comes right out of Geneva. That's where the big, that's where WHO is, that's where UNESCO is, that's where all the big, you know, the New York is just the General Assembly where the media takes place, but the, the engine room and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, have inf- infiltrated every aspect of it. Nora, thank you very much for going back to Geneva and reporting near the headquarters of WEF. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, we have the National Files. Uh, Frankie Stocks is going to be with us. Joe Allen, Father Pavone. we got a lot to get uh, to and not a lot of time. Strap in. Be back in a moment in the war room. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, and COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. 
Governor uh, Kemp of uh, Georgia. We know you well. We've seen you a lot of, on, on TV all over the world. Um, during the last elections, um, you um, were very uh, clear on some uh, principles. You were re-elected uh, a broad majority. No. Um, of course, there has been some reflections of why the Republicans didn't do better uh, in uh, the House, uh, rep House election with, with representatives. And a lot of the candidates that were um, election deniers uh, were not elected. Any reflections on that because of your own background too? Because you came under some pressure, but you, you didn't really give in on that, did you? Well, I mean, look, I wouldn't want to try to speculate on, you know, every member, every Republican candidate for, for Congress or the United States Senate outside what we saw in Georgia. My own perspective is I think the people of the state that I represent, which is a great one, uh, they, you know, look, they want us to know, they want to know the differences between the candidates, but they also want to know what <coughs> we're for. Like, what are they going to get the next four years? And that's something that we just stayed focused on. And I think when you look at the, okay. at the Republican ticket uh, in the state Brian, of Georgia. Uh, Frankie Stocks uh, joins us. He did a great job in this. Brian Kemp, I want everybody to reach it by, by watch the whole thing because uh, it goes on for a couple more minutes of, um, at, over at National File. Uh, Frankie, uh, d d summarize Kemp. I mean, they they teed him up. They had him there for one reason. They didn't want to hear about the growth in Georgia. They don't want to hear about the economic opportunities. I know he's telling the people in Georgia, I'm over there pitching business because Atlanta's an international city. We got to get international business and Hartsfield Airport. It's one of the big. He they invited him. He didn't read the memo. They invited him for that exact moment. The guy speaking is the guy that may take over. He's I think the president of uh, World Economic Forum. He's a guy touted to be when when Klaus Schwab goes to his just reward, uh, this is the guy uh, teed up. So that, that is a big panel. They had big uh, American politicians. Frankie, as you went through and analyzed this, he was there to say the election deniers lost, the ele election deniers are extremists, they're bad people, correct? Oh, absolutely, Steve. Uh, you know, Governor Brian Kemp was brought there for one reason, and it was to give him a pat on the head for his total failure to secure Georgia's elections. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what the World Economic Forum did. He sat on a panel full of left-wing Democrats um, and full of, uh, of, you know, phony centrists as well. So uh, this, you know, this panel was very telling of the World Economic Forum's influence on uh, on the United States government. They to talk about other things there. They talked about uh about our free press and how it's a problem because the American people know yeah. too much. It's disrupted the system. No, this is this this is the panel we cut a piece out last night, Mickey Sherrill, and I put up on Getter. It's a Naval Academy graduate. She should know better. And these service academies, and Mo went to West Point, and I revere West Point. I revere the Naval Academy. I didn't go there. I was uh, at a Newport, Rhode Island, uh, but I served with many people at the Naval Academy, have tremendous high regard. But if you look at the trash talk that goes on by uh, West Point and Naval Academy graduates, and if you look at the academies have to understand something. We're winning here, and we're going to win. And we're not going to allow these service academies to generate these, uh, these uh, globalists that sit there and trash talk the American people. Mickey Sherrill, in this very panel, you're absolutely correct. She, and she's a helicopter pilot, I think. Uh, naval officer, academy grad. She she was she talked about extremists and how dangerous extremists are. You're talking about this audience, ma'am. These are veterans and people in the service today, and you guys better start watching what you're saying because people are getting tired of it, getting tired of the service academies which we're paying for, generating these globalists, right? These globalists that have have they think it's their duty to trash talk uh, the 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 citizens of the United States, the common man and woman. And people are just not going to tolerate it. That's not acceptable. And for her to go on a national stage, or international stage, and they brought Cheryl there specifically for that to trash MAGA. And Brian Kemp was brought specifically to, 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 to be election deniers. That, you know, talk about the election deniers and, and the fact that he didn't secure the election. Let me play, Frankie, it gets even worse. Do we have Chris Ray's? Let's play Chris Ray, that your FBI director. Check this out. Your FBI director, instead of leading a raid on Biden's homes about the compartmented top secret documents, Chris Ray's over at Davos hanging with the globalists. Let's play the Chris Ray, and I want to get Frankie's uh, take on this. 
does it make you feel like U.S. infrastructure specifically, uh, or infrastructure in general, is becoming more vulnerable or less vulnerable? Are we getting better at anticipating these threats, or are they multiplying? And how do we think about ensuring that security in the future? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I think on the one hand, the, the attack surface, uh, as you say, has, is significantly broadening. The range of attack methods is significantly increasing, both in, in quantity and quality. Uh, on the other hand, I think the, uh, the sophistication of the private sector is, is improving, and, and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, uh, made significant strides. We are focused, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at cyber attacks, looking at what's happening in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We did see, uh, as the conflict uh, erupted, uh, an increased effort by the Russian intelligence services, which have been uh, conducting cyber, uh, malicious cyber activity against U.S. infrastructure for years. Uh, but we were increasingly concerned that the surveillance activity, the scanning, the research, all the preparatory activity that um, could be one thing, could be uh, an indication of something more serious. Uh, and so the name of the game in terms of cyber defense from our perspective is to try to, let me, let me, uh, um, to get to use a... a we'll do a, we'll do a but we had that rough thing. We'll do a, a better cut later. The FBI director tells World Economic... This is off of Posobiec's uh, Twitter. FBI director tells World Economic Forum future of national security is in partnership between tech companies and government, quote, the sophistication of the private sector is improving, particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, made significant strides. Yes, it has, sir. You're absolutely correct. And that's why we have the weaponization of government, the new church committee, to make sure that we and ultimately defund and uh, uh, and uh, and uh, de uh, vertically integrate the FBI. It's unacceptable what they've done with private industry, and Ray is over there bragging about it. Um, Frankie, uh, your thoughts about uh, Ray being over there, Kemp being over there, these American political leaders over there with the globalists, sir? Steve, this is, uh, this is part and parcel of the, uh, the United States government's pivot towards globalism. And uh, if Christopher Ray was, was serious about national security and serious about protecting the United States, he wouldn't be out at the World Economic Forum, the, which is closely partnered with the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, Christopher Ray would be investigating the multiple other influence operations that have, uh, just like the World Economic Forum describes, they, they describe that they will capture seats in government. Christopher Ray would be investigating who's been captured by the World Economic Forum, as well as parallel influence operations, uh, one of which National Files done a vast amount of in-depth reporting on is the Humpty Dumpty Institute, which is closely aligned with uh, the Chinese Communist Party, with their People's Liberation Army, and with uh, hostile factions in other nations, uh, left-wing factions, anti-American factions in Israel, out of the former USSR. So the uh, Christopher Ray is not serious about national security, and if he were, he would be investigating groups like the World Economic Forum, like the Humpty Dumpty Institute, that have penetrated our Congress, and uh, as National Files reports of detail, have penetrated our executive branch as well, of both parties. Remember, is the pressure put on by certain conservative media, War Room, and others that kept Mike, Gall Mike Gallagher is going to be the head of the select committee, uh, you know, former Marine Corps officer. Uh, it seems like a good guy, but very focused on the neocon aspect, the kinetic warfare. What it's much, this is about influence operations, as Frankie just said, influence operations here in the United States. And it's shocking that you got these politicians. And I think Gallagher, I'm sure, was told by somebody senior said, hey, you can't do that. We don't want to have the optic of you sitting in the World Economic Forum with people like Mickey Sherrill and Christopher Ray and Brian Kemp and, the, and these people have essentially sold out the country. Uh, Frankie, how did it get to you personally on all your social media and particularly the National File? Uh, anybody can uh, go to www.nationalfile.com. Uh, we have a massive amount of in-depth reports on uh, the World Economic Forum on the Humpty Dumpty Institute over there. And you can find me across uh, social media platforms, Twitter, Getter, Gab, Truth Social, at Stocks76, S-T-O-C-K-E-S-7-6. Frankie, thank you very much. Thank you for the great work you're doing with National File. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, brother. Okay, I want to go to Father Pravone. Uh, uh, Real America's Voice, Chris Carter, Mo Bannon, others are going to be all over 
uh, the march tomorrow and the prayer service, all of it. Father, Father Pavone, can you give us an update? Understand there's a, 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 a get together tonight, but walk us through the next couple of days and what is happening. Cause I, I have heard even Jason Jones is going to be in the show tonight. And I think he put something out and says, Hey, this may be my last march because it's now going to go to the state level. I, I would hope that's not the case because this right to life march is, is the march for life is one of the, I think most important events in the calendar in Washington, D.C. every year. Father Pavone. Well, I'm here amidst a, a, it's a kaleidoscope of activity. And uh, no, these people aren't going anywhere. Washington is filling up right now with pro-life activists from every part of the country. I just led 500 people in prayer outside of the Washington, D.C. Planned Parenthood on 4th Street. And boy, did we have a time, two hours, uh, one pro-life leader after another leading prayer, giving testimony. Uh, There'll be more activism, of course, tomorrow at noon. There'll be the big rally uh, for the March for Life, and then at 1 o'clock, the march itself will start. It'll head up Constitution Avenue. It'll go past the Capitol. It'll go past the Supreme Court. Um, But then between now and then, we've got, for example, this afternoon, some educational activity going on at the Renaissance Hotel on 9th Street. We've got a big convention going on. There are right now, as we speak, dozens dozens of national pro-life groups with their exhibit booths, uh, including us, of course, at Priests for Life. And we've got all kinds of pro-life materials there, and people are are filing through that exhibit hall. Uh, this Later this afternoon, we have an educational seminar called the Law of Life Summit, and people will be examining the legal aspects of the pro-life movement and new opportunities ahead. Tomorrow morning, we have the big prayer service that I'll be privileged to lead in Constitution Hall starting at 830 And then at the end of the march, somewhere around 2 o'clock, 2.30, in front of the Supreme Court, men and women who have lost children to abortion will be sharing their stories publicly. This is the Silent No More campaign. So, Steve, I don't have any fear whatsoever uh, that this march won't continue. This this movement is a national movement. Of course, we have state-by-state battles now that have opened up more than ever. But we also have a national battle. We've got to get Congress to do the right thing. The other side, with their abortion extremism of the Democrats, they're always trying to get their measures passed in Congress. We've got to be there pushing in the opposite direction. Uh, and the movement always needs a rallying point. We need to show America that we're not going away. So this march will continue. Uh, Father, what is, what is the temper of people? What, they came off this big victory, but then people are saying, oh, part of the, some of the losses in the House were because of that. I know this is a predominantly younger crowd. What, yeah. what, where are people's heads at right now in the movement? Well, I see two things. Judging from yesterday and today so far, there really is a celebratory tone uh, that Roe is out of the way. Uh, this, I mean, so many of these same people have been marching here. Of course, there's a lot of younger people, but there are also veterans here of the movement that have been marching for decades, and they are here to celebrate. Um, but we've also got a, a keen awareness, and this came through in the speeches uh, yesterday and today, and it's coming through in the exhibits, uh, that um, we've got a lot of work to do, and we've got a lot of opportunities to, to meet, and we've got a lot of challenges to overcome. A lot of these states are going to be passing these ballot initiatives to try to put abortion into their state constitutions and whatnot. We've got to learn how to fight these because these, these are very difficult to, uh, to fight against, but not impossible to defeat. And uh, uh, the people here are determined to take up that task. Father, how do people follow you on social media? FR Frank Pavone on all the platforms. FR Frank Pavone. Father Frank, thank you. We'll have more this afternoon. Jason Jones, hopefully Father Frank back. Mo Bannon's going to be around. We're going to cover it wall-to-wall with Real America's Voice. Father Frank Pavone, thank you very much. Priest for Life. AI. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. 
That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free, so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Gotten a long conversation about AI with a bunch of people, and one of the theories that came out of it was that AI evolves in a series of S's. So you have machine learning, you have deep learning, you have GANs, you know, you have, you know, um, and then you have you know, large language models. And each of these advances makes a big splash, and then it levels off, and then it improves. But what happens is that you have different models of AI that make a splash kind of every year. But then you can get into neurosymbolic, you can get into how do you include knowledge inside AI, which is today not. It's just blindly looking at data. All of these are yet to come. And I believe they will come. It needs to be put to use at scale. And what you see with technology a lot is it's gradual and then sudden. While that's an interesting way to think about the technology, the focus has to be, which is part of, a big part of what we do, is how do you get the adoption? Right. And that's what we're working on in many of these cases when you think about the big, meta trend, big mega trends, you know, whether it's metaverse or cloud or AI, it's adoption. Sunil, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I would say <clears throat> certainly we may be at the moment underestimating what's uh, in store for us through AI. And um, while we can make fun, sometimes the answers come pretty, uh, you know, crazy from uh, ChatGPT. But it's getting very, very powerful. It's really getting there. And as uh, Julie rightly said, you always see these things moving gradually and then suddenly it takes over. Will it displace people? Is there a, is there a genuine fear about it? I think we have had so many technological evolutions, and every time this debate has come, will we have uh, people displaced, will we lose jobs, especially for countries like India or continents like Africa, where there's young and very large population which needs to be employed, this does become a question mark. Will they be replaced? My own view is many of the jobs, existing jobs and skills will be replaced. Yeah. But they will be compensated by many more areas of uh, new discoveries of jobs and work which will come and surprise us. So I remain hopeful, but we must start to at least now think about a life where AI is going to play a very fundamental role in our daily routine, our daily lives. And of course, much more meaningful into uh, areas like uh, material sciences, chemicals, biochemicals, uh, human uh, uh, life issues. That's going to be a very, very profound uh, area to work on. Okay. Uh, particularly generative artificial intelligence is dominated when you look below the surface of the conference it is what ties it all together and is the thing coming out of here about when i talk about control or climate change or mental health any aspect of vaccines all of it our own joe allen and i went out at six o'clock tonight joe's going to rejoin me and we're going to go into the depth and break down exactly what happened in the impact on your life joe pretty scary sir Yes, yeah, Steve, that point you're making about the generative artificial intelligence, uh, that really can't be emphasized enough. I understand the skepticism of people who say these are just mathematical models. These are just algorithms. They are algorithms, but they're much more than just computer programs. So artificial intelligence scours vast amounts of data and artificial intelligence finds meaningful patterns in that data. But what, what people mean by generative artificial intelligence is that it generates outputs that could not necessarily be predicted by humans or are not predicted by humans uh, from the input. It comes up with original ideas is another way to put it. So there's three different sectors where this is occurring that have really, really made a huge impact. We've reported on all of them over the last few months and really over the last year. The first and most important and it probably will have the deepest impact uh, both economically and, and physically is in biotech. 
artificial intelligence is able to scour biotech data and find meaningful patterns that people use. In particular, being able to identify different genetic patterns and be able to predict what happens when you mutate a genome. The other two, uh, and this has really made a lot of splash because of the social and psychological effects. You have art generators like Dolly 2, like Stable Diffusion, uh, like Google's Imagine, and, and like MidJourney. All of these basically go over huge amounts of human artistic output, and they're asked to create works of art, and they come up with, yes, it's derivative, but you know what art isn't really, it comes up with original pieces of art. It is flooding the culture with artificially intelligent or artificial yeah. intelligence generated art. And the second, and this has probably made the biggest impact, is Chat GPT. Of course, Chat GPT comes from previous generations of GPT produced by OpenAI. And it, it joins a number of other large language models like Google's Lambda or the older replica text-based model. And what this does, it generates original strings of text. It is able to, in essence, communicate ideas to humans. Yes, it falls short of many of the expectations, but unless you think that this is where it's just going to stop, it is already having a tremendous impact, and it will continue to have an yep. even greater impact. So you had there the CEO yep. of IBM, uh, the CEO of Accenture, a metaverse company. Uh, you also had the, the chairman of uh, Barty Enterprises, an Indian telecom company. All of these people are telling you that this is going to have a dramatic impact on the economy, on society, yep. and on people's personal lives. I think you should take them very seriously when they say this. No, this is happening. It's how, how, how you can stop it because it is going to go very quickly to the dark side, trust me. Um, this is not going to be sweetness and light. That's what people are pitching. By the way, the health, the health industry is going to be dramatically changed. Your interactions with doctors, they're talking about advanced, you know, you're talking to Chad GPT or other more advanced systems where you can replace a doctor or everything but surgery. Okay, uh, back here at 6 o'clock tonight. Joe, how do people get to you between now and then? Because we're going to drill down in the details of this, what people have to understand. You can find me at JoeBot.xyz, all social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, and WarRoom.org under the Transhumanism tab. Thank you very much, Steve. Talk to you tonight. Thank you, brother. We're going to be back here at 6. I want to make sure everybody understands. Go to uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, the forty nine ninety nine for the slippers, the 90 bucks off, only going to last throughout the day, only at the War Room site. So go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You got the square right there, so make sure you check it all out. Um, also, all the other sales, but go check it out today. That slippers discount only lasts through the end of today on War Room. Um, we have got a packed show at 5 o'clock and at 6. See you back here. Even more intense than this morning, 5 p.m. on Real America's Voice. Charlie Kirk up next. <laughs>